Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Black Hole Podcast entitled Femme Party, which is also the title of a book I've written, and I'm reading that book chapter by chapter, episode by episode for Season 2. Today we'll be reading Chapter 13, but before I start reading this chapter, I always precursor by saying any money or profit made from this book will be used to start a technology company similar to the one proposed in the book and to build a solar farm in my hometown. So you can find the book by searching on Amazon Kindle, Femme Party, or find links on either of my websites, mitch4mayor.com, that's mitch, the number four, mayor.com, or plotm.com, that's plot, the letter M, dot com. So let's get started on chapter 13. Angelina is having a watch party at her house in Franklin, Several local women are gathered in her living room. The television is playing the City Channel, which has a repeat of City Council deliberation. At 5 o'clock, Mitch can be seen on the television walking into City Council chambers and approaching the podium. Mitch says, Members of City Council and the voting public, I come to you with an exciting piece of technology. As a city, we should entertain the idea that we could develop and patent technology that could help other cities globally. Because the city owns this technology collectively, we can franchise it or offer it to other cities at a very low cost instead of trying to reap maximum profits. I have registered a series of robotics patents under the office of the mayor of Pittsburgh. I would like to introduce to you Linus, Pittsburgh's newest robot. Mitch reaches into his bag and pulls out a small robot the size of the palm of his hand. The robot looks like a tiny roller coaster with an opening where it would go on a track and inverted wheels that would keep it from falling off. Mitch says, Linus is a robot designed to re-insulate electrical wires in Pittsburgh. There is an electrical tether that plugs into Linus's backside and powers the robot. The electrical system in Pittsburgh is more than 100 years old in certain places. As you look at these electrical wires, you may notice what looks like pieces of grass hanging off of them. This is not grass, but the insulation that used to cover the wires becoming dry rotted and flaking off of the wires, leaving them nothing but exposed copper wire. While this exposed wire will take decades or centuries to fully corrode through and break apart, the exposed wires do pose a danger to contractors and other workers that may carry metal ladders and other tall equipment that could strike the exposed wires and cause electrocution. Linus is designed to be operated by a technician. This technician attaches Linus to an electrical wire on the side of a house. The robot works its way across the wire all the way to where it attaches to the pool, often on the other side of the street. As Linus makes its way across the wire, It scrapes off any loose insulation and applies a new layer of synthetic insulation designed to last over a hundred years. As it makes its way back to the technician, it applies a second layer of insulation. The wires are then protected and significantly safer than the exposed copper wire. Mitch puts the robot back in his bag. He takes a sip of water and addresses the camera once again. Some of you may know that as mayor of the small town of Utica, I was able to establish a borough-owned electrical grid. I've begun to develop a system that would be compatible with a similar electrical grid in the city of Pittsburgh. 
This system would allow homeowners to make substantial income from their property by generating and storing electricity. The key to this system is for the city to own and operate its own electrical grid. My strategy for accomplishing this is twofold. First, we pass a mandate that the electrical utility must begin replacing or re-insulating our older electrical lines. Naturally, the utility company will pass this cost down to the consumer and claim that the service lines leading to each home are the responsibility of the homeowner. They will offer a form of insurance in case the line is inspected and in need of repair. I say we as a city preemptively establish an insurance program for homeowners and their electrical service lines. This insurance program will be maintained by the city and the proceeds from the insurance can be used to systematically buy parts of our electrical grid. Members that pay into the insurance will be able to vote on every action taken by the city to buy the electrical grid and incorporate new technology into it. I hope the people of Pittsburgh will vote on these measures and approve of the program. The patents for the Linus robot will remain with the office of the mayor, and we will work with the people of Pittsburgh to decide the best uses for the robot both here and in other cities. Thank you for your time. Mitch has put in his 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. shift at City Hall and is finishing up his day at his office in the old brewery. There is a knock at his door, and he beckons for them to enter. It is Mike Romano, the CEO of the ride-sharing company Duber. Mitch says, I'm glad you could find the time to meet with me today. Mike Romano says, Better enforcement of traffic laws caused the cost of driving an internal combustion vehicle in this city to go up. This benefits Duber in that more customers are finding it cheaper to use our site than maintain a vehicle. If other cities adopt the same style of enforcement, we will, be, we will benefit significantly. So, of course, I would find the time to meet with you. Mitch says, I have another platform for smartphones I want to develop and I'm looking for commitment from your company that it will be compatible with your app. It will greatly increase the safety of your drivers. The name of the app is Driver. Mike says, the adoption of the biped app has caused increased awareness among our drivers and has prevented many accidents. I'm excited to hear about this new app. Mitch says, as you know, I have increased traffic enforcement by empowering people to police themselves. The driver app functions in the same regard, with drivers watching out for the safety of other drivers. The driver app is downloaded by people who drive for a living, like Duber drivers, food delivery drivers, grocery delivery drivers, and so on. I look at these drivers as mobile witnesses on the streets of Pittsburgh or other cities. When a driver accepts a route or sets a route on their smartphone, the driver app initiates a search and scan function that looks for other drivers in the vicinity. The initial driver confirms how long the task should take to complete, say delivering a pizza to an address. A message is sent to other drivers that may be in the vicinity. And these secondary drivers can then confirm that they will monitor the initial driver's progress and a timer starts on their phone. When the initial driver has completed the task, they click on, the, on their driver app that it is complete. If a driver takes longer than the estimated time of the task, the secondary, secondary driver is notified. If the initial driver is several minutes past the estimate, the secondary driver can then take it upon themselves to alter their route and try to drive past the initial driver's location to check on their well-being. The driver app will be very specific that these drivers should not engage if they see a crime happening, but should call the police. 
Mike says, with the example of the pizza delivery driver, a Duber driver waiting for a fare could drive by and witness the pizza delivery driver being held up and call the authorities. Mitch says, or if a Duber driver took longer than their GPS estimated, a pizza delivery driver could check on the Duber driver's location and witness a crime, then phone it in. Mike says, so the driver app would need access to our driver's location when they are on duty? Mitch says, only if the Duber driver has downloaded the driver app and agreed to the terms. Then they would initiate the app while they are working and shut it off while they are not. The driver app organizes and tracks all of the drivers in one city or one neighborhood so that they can help ensure the safety of other drivers in the field. It is a way to reduce crime in the driver profession by empowering drivers to help other drivers regardless of what company they are working for. It means safer streets and safer deliveries. Mike says, As usual, this sounds like a phenomenal app. With the board's approval, you'll have our support. Now, on another note, I wanted to talk to you about what we should do with our autonomous vehicle division. Mitch says, I suspected you might want to talk about that. I believe the future of driving is to pay professional drivers or to encourage and foster expert drivers on our roads. As a person with a disability, however, I owe it to others with disabilities to explore all options to allow these people to have independence. It can be expensive to pay professional drivers to drive you everywhere and may be cheaper for a person with a disability to purchase an autonomous vehicle someday. I hope to someday make the cost of hiring professional drivers more affordable to those that may rely on them every day, but in the meantime, I am open to exploring other options, including autonomous vehicles. Mike says, one of the sponsors for your reality show, Racing for Change, is heavily invested in autonomous technology. There are many in the nation that believe it is the way of the future. I'm glad you're coming around since our autonomous division is headquartered in Pittsburgh. Mitch says, as I've expressed before, I believe your car should function by communicating with sensors that are buried under the street. If you are willing to develop these sensors and a network for them, I will work to on incorporating them into the infrastructure of the city. I am proposing a partnership with your company at the city level. We will sponsor a small fleet of your autonomous vehicles to be our official parking authority vehicles. Mike says, you want part of your parking authority fleet to be autonomous? Mitch says, I want to explore all options for disabled people, and if that means encouraging a company like yours, I am willing to do that. Our parking authority vehicles are already equipped with roof-mounted cameras and scan all license plates as they drive down a street and flags those plates that don't have a parking permit. The people of the city of Pittsburgh accepted this new technology without a fuss, and I believe the next step may be autonomous vehicles. The only catch is that they have to orient themselves using a system of underground sensors. I think this is the safest way to develop autonomous technology. Mike says the vehicles will still have the roof-mounted array of cameras and sensors to watch for vehicles and pedestrians, but their mapping system will work from under the street sensors. Mitch says, precisely, I plan to present this partnership to the people of Pittsburgh for vote within a month if you can get it approved by your board. Mike says, our own network of citywide sensors is quite an investment. The parking authority partnership will be approved without a problem, but an investment in these sensors this of this size might take some time. Mitch says, let's continue to discuss the sensors. If Duber can commit to a design and the manufacturer of the sensors, Pittsburgh may be able to subsidize the actual installation of the sensors under the streets. It will all come to a vote after my presentation. 
Mike says, I'll see what I can do. Have your driver app team get in touch with our programmer so that we can make sure it is compatible. We look forward to working with you to make the streets of Pittsburgh and our drivers safer. Mitch is finishing up another day at his office at the brewery. He is getting ready to head home around 7 p.m., but has one meeting with Sarah before he leaves. Sarah enters his office with a tablet in hand. Sarah says, I have a couple of updates for you today, Mitch. Mitch says, very good, let's have them. Sarah says, first of all, some people in Silicon Valley have become aware of the system you are developing to allow homeowners to sell their electricity on an open market, focused on a city or county level. Mitch says, after my announcement about the Linus robot and the plan to systematically buy the electrical grid of Pittsburgh, we let some information leak from the mayor's office. Sarah says, there is a growing interest out of Silicon Valley in our city. In fact, there are groups out in California that have formed the Technology Workers Union. They have designed a website similar to our City of Pittsburgh voting site where information can be shared and voted on. The Technology Workers Union functions by using this site to elect its leadership and vote on every line item the union puts forward. They are using their union dues to reach out to other unions nationwide to help them establish and maintain a similar site using their template. Mitch says, this is great news. If every union functioned using direct democracy, we could cut out the corruption and actually give the workers a voice. They could vote on every aspect of a negotiation and decide whether they should go on strike. Besides helping the other unions, what have they asked for from the technology sector? Sarah says, their first item they collectively asked for is the right to vote on the physical site of any new branch or headquarters to be built or established by a technology company. It's my belief that the Technology Workers Union wants to be able to relocate certain physical locations of their companies to Pittsburgh to help with the infrastructure. Mitch says, fantastic. Is there any way we can aid this fledgling union? Sarah says, they have expressed interest in buying properties in the suburbs to help aid in the establishment of the sustainable electrical grid you are trying to build in Pittsburgh. In a letter addressed to the company, the union explained that nearly half of all electricity generated is lost during transmission. There is more land outside of the suburbs that can be devoted to wind and solar farms than will ever be found within the city limits. If they, if they buy houses in the suburbs, specifically on cul-de-sacs, they can use your system to buy electricity from these farms to fuel their homes. They can then outfit their homes with solar and sell that energy that is generated closer to the city on the Pittsburgh marketplace. Mitch says, they may be 10 miles closer to the city than the closest wind farm, which means they are maximizing the use of green energy being generated. Why are they so specific about cul-de-sacs? Sarah says, the cul-de-sac is a main focus for their suburban strategy. They plan to form electrical collectives at the end of suburban streets or cul-de-sacs. First, the houses around the circular cul-de-sac invest in a solar array under their street. Then they buy a smart transformer for their street. Then they invest in solar panels on their roofs. They elect a cul-de-sac ca captain to monitor electrical, electric prices during the day for all those, all the houses around the cul-de-sac to sell to people within the city. Mitch says, Not a lot of people park on cul-de-sacs because there are driveways, so they won't block the panels under the round street. Also, cul-de-sacs are dead ends, so there is no th through traffic to wear out the road, just the occasional turnaround. 
Sarah says, they want us to allow technology workers to use the Blurdy app to make offers on houses arranged around cul-de-sacs in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. The technology workers union argues that they are not trying to gentrify the inner city, but simply expand the electrical infrastructure needed to make a totally green city. Mitch says, if the city isn't as focused on finding sites for solar farms in the city limits, it frees up more land for these technology firms to build satellite offices. This also fits into the Blarty app's goal of building green infrastructure and developing evacuation routes in case of emergency. Let's reply to the technology workers union by saying we will not block them from bidding on suburban houses in only the Pittsburgh-Allegheny County market. We look forward to working with them in the future to develop other cities in the same fashion, but for now, we are focused on Allegheny County and Pittsburgh. Sarah says, I'll send an email to their leadership tomorrow. I have a few documents here that I would like you to sign. Mitch says, what am I looking at here? Sarah says, as per my contract when I signed on to work here, I am exercising my right to develop my own platform as long as it doesn't compete with the company's existing platforms. This paperwork is releasing some of our technicians to work on my project only after their normal hours of at the company. I want to use some of the company's resources just as you have for some of your apps. Mitch says, that sounds fair, but tell me about your app before I sign. Sarah says, I've been mulling the idea over for several years. It is a platform that uses video conferencing to allow highly paid executives to volunteer running a charity. They start an account with their credentials and explain how much time per week or month they can devote to running another company. The charity decides which executives they want running the charity, and the executives use the platform to meet and divide up duties. The secure platform allows them to connect from anywhere and manage the charity remotely. I believe that most money collected from a charity should go toward the goal of the charity, not compensating the management. Mitch says, this is an excellent idea, Sarah. I knew when we hired you that you were the most altruistic executive we would ever find. Once this platform is up and running, I would like to dedicate some of my time to managing a charity. Just send me the information on how to sign up. Sarah says, I was hoping you would like this idea. I know there are many other executives out there that want to help society. They just don't know how. This platform will give them an easy-to-use way to put their managerial skills to work for charities that can change the world. Hillary is watching her husband on the Pittsburgh City Channel. He is standing before the city council presenting evidence of potential fraud at the Peebles Gas Company. He has used the evidence collected by Taylor Spliff and her team to make the case that it is unethical for a private company to build infrastructure that delivers them a profit using insurance premiums from homeowners. It was most likely the gas company itself or other gas companies that lobbied lawmakers to pass an ordinance making damage to a gas line from the curb to the home the responsibility of the homeowner. When the gas company first came about, they rushed to connect their lines to every home willing to pay, and for a period of time, the gas company was probably happy to repair lines to the home so that the homeowner would continue to pay their gas bill. At some point, the model changed and gas companies no longer had to hold part of their profits for individual line repair as part of their business model. This change in business model is no doubt a reflection of the change in heart of lawmakers, which probably occurred because of, the, of a change in, in bank account balance for the lawmakers. Mitch says, I propose using electrical line insurance coverage premiums to buy the electrical grid and update it. This is for a city-imposed electrical collective or public utility. 
not a for-profit company like the gas company. Instead of taking the gas company to suit for every homeowner in Pittsburgh, I would like to propose a different route. First, I would like to describe a basis upon which every homeowner in Pittsburgh could take the water company to suit. For decades, water bills have been charged on the basis of total water used in the house in a household. This number is generated by checking a water meter within the home. These water meters are usually located in the basement and rely on the heat of the home to prevent it from freezing up and shattering. With the state of technology in this year, I believe the water company could develop a water meter that does not rely on the heat from the home to keep the meter running. I believe a class action suit could be developed involving a fraction of the cost homeowners have spent heating their homes and keeping these meters from breaking and needing replaced. Again, rather than seeking litigation against these companies, I would suggest another route. Tens of thousands of water lines in Pittsburgh are made of lead and desperately need replaced. The gas company is systematically replacing all of its old lines with new synthetic gas lines throughout the city. I've spoken privately with both companies about the presentation I have just made. What I have suggested is that the city of Pittsburgh take over the insurance programs for both the private gas lines and the private water lines for individual homeowners. Instead of the premiums for these programs being paid to a separate shell corporation, the premiums should go directly to the city. When a gas or water line breaks and needs an emergency repair, the city will subcontract the job out just as the gas and water company does. We use the profits from these insurance programs to come up with a systematic way to replace all of the gas and water infrastructure in the city of Pittsburgh. Instead of a street being dug up for a gas line replacement, only to be dug up six months later for a water repair, we shut down a street once and replace the infrastructure so that the street doesn't need excavated again for decades. As part of this initiative, I partner with the Ride Share app Duber and its Autonomous Vehicle Division. I believe that the safest autonomous vehicles are those that receive information from underground sensors, not radio towers that are unreliable in high wind situations. Duber has developed a sensor that is incorporated in a heated underground water meter. As we excavate a street, we will connect the water meters to the lines as a backup system. These Duber water meters can be connected to electricity and also have a data connection to be able to operate autonomous vehicles. The water meters have internal electrical heating so that they will not freeze. If activated, the water meters will be able to read to be read using a system that collects data wirelessly through the concrete. As I said, these meters will be a backup until technology evolves to use this water metering system. The internal mechanical water meters will remain in the basements of Pittsburgh houses until we can activate the new system. This new system would prevent the water company from shooting a wireless signal into the home to read the meter as they are currently doing. The office of the mayor has already received a solid and generous commitment from the gas and water companies. They realize this is the most efficient way to replace their infrastructure so that they can continue to be profitable into the future. I hope you will take my suggestions for the information I provided today. I look forward to seeing how the people of Pittsburgh vote. Thank you. Mitch steps away from the podium and takes a seat in the gallery. The city council begins a deliberation that lasts two days. Mitch is called back to the podium multiple times to present information and preliminary projections based off of information from the gas and water companies. So that's it for chapter 13.
Today's chapter was brought to you by Disability TV, a YouTube channel. Search Disability TV today and subscribe on YouTube. It's a fledgling media company for disabled people by disabled people. Look into Disability TV today. Planning a trip to Utica, Pennsylvania? Why not camp at French Creek Farms? Go to French Creek Farms and you'll find beautiful campsites along the French Creek, a cottage, and a trapper cabin. Make your reservation today. While you're in Utica, stop by the general store and bar, Krabby Kelly's. Go to Krabby Kelly's for all of your STDs. That's snacks, tobacco, and drinks. Do you need a logo or design screen printed or embroidered on a garment of, clo garment of clothing? Look no further than 542 Prints. Go to 542prints.com today and contact us about getting your next logo or design screen printed or embroidered. Are you planning a trip to Incheon, South Korea? Stop by Liquor Burger. No trip is complete without stopping by Liquor Burger for a burger and a mug of suds. Stop by today. Alright, so I've ended each uh, chapter, each episode by saying uh, there are some technology ideas throughout the book that could be developed by an existing technology company or a startup and uh, other ideas, patents and things of that nature uh, that I think should be developed, but I've saved some technology ideas to develop myself. I have some that uh, I kept out of the book. One is for a social media platform designed to fight misinformation on the internet. It's designed to do away with misinformation on the internet. And uh, I'm looking to partner up with computer science people, five, six, seven computer science people to develop this, form a team, partner up. I've saved uh, some money to invest to, to be my share in the team uh, for, all, for the expenses of the business and creating the business. But I'm looking for computer science people to partner up. They will be compensated. Um, but they might have to wait until the business is, itself is profitable before they receive their compensation. Uh, that's part of the uh, partnership agreement, and I can I can um, send you a description of the uh, social media platform if you email me through either my websites. There are contact forms at plotm.com or mitchformayor.com. I also have written a operating agreement and a uh, kind of investor agreement so I'm asking for computer science people to invest their time and they will be compensated um, so that's pretty much it if you'd like to invest in a social media company you can also email me and just specify that you're an investor um, so thanks for listening, and uh, tune in for the final chapter of this book, Chapter 14. And yeah, thanks for listening.